for, so for the warranty that we got, we got one year warranty on the truck itself, the trailer itself. Now, when it comes to equipment, it's warranted by individual manufacturer. If you buy equipment for a restaurant, it would actually be, I think, the typical is one year. But when you, once you actually put it on a mobile vehicle, like a food truck or food trailer, your warranty actually shrinks down to only about 30 days. And this what? is... Hello, everyone. This is Turuturo, the Filipino restaurant podcast, where each week we profile restaurants or food trucks serving delicious Filipino cuisine. This is your host, Gene Carangal, avid home cook and event promoter for the Adobo Throwdown Cooking Competition and Food Expo. I'm here with Paul Obis, Army veteran and owner-operator of the Manila Shack Food Truck. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Um, my name is Paul Obis. Um, I'm the owner of uh, Manila Shack Filipino Food Truck. My wife and I operate them. Um, we are basically um, operating around the northeast side of San Antonio, outside San Antonio, Cibolo Shirts or um, New Brothels area. Like I said, we go around the, the different communities. Um, our time varies from time to time, depending on where we are, typically between 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. We do frequent different bars around Cibolo. Um, if, you, if you cannot find us somewhere else, you might find us at Ernie's Patio Bar. That's one of the frequent places that we go to uh, for our food truck. Okay, and what days typically? Oh yes, um, normally operate between Thursday to, through Saturday. Um, we try to keep it more, um, more of a, that typical hours between five to eight between those days. But we also take um, uh, events between Tuesday and Wednesday, depending on how much um, we have that week as far as load goes. Okay, and then do you do, do you also do catering? Yes. Um, okay. we, we try to do catering, depends on, again, depends on uh, uh, what kind of load they, they're looking for and if we, get, we have the capabilities to do so. So let's talk about your, your personal life. Uh, first of all, where, uh, where did you grow up? Where, where were you born? Um, I'm born and raised in the Philippines. And then so how long were you in the Philippines before you came to the United States? I left when I was 15. So you went to, did you finish high, you started high school there and finished here, is that right? Um, actually, no, um, I finished high school there um, in the Philippines. You, during that time, we, um, we start high school in, at uh, what, 13 years old and then four years uh, around 16, you'll be done. So by the time I left, um, I finished my high school there. Uh, but then again, that was only, if you compare that to this, the, the curriculum here, it's more like a grade 10 versus a grade 12. Okay. Uh, high school. And then where, where in the Philippines did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Laguna, San Pedro Laguna. San Pedro. So how far is that from Manila? From Manila, that's about maybe a couple hours. Uh, we're oh. right outside Manila. Um, we're in the boundary between Muntinlupa and next to that is pretty much San Pedro. Okay, so I grew up in Los Banos. Oh, great. <laughs> so not too far from that. Oh, not at all. And then, so you came to the United States when you were 15, you had just finished high school. So where was your, where did you go first? Uh, our first stop was California. Uh, as, as, as many 
Filipinos. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's the first stop right there, California. That's where the the bulk of our family um, resides. So. Okay. So which part of California? Uh, we were in the Bay Area, uh, Northern California. Okay. In, in Northern California, by San Francisco? Uh, we're at um, suburb of San, uh, San Francisco, around San Diego, okay. California. Okay. So did you go to, did you go to school there? Uh, uh, did you go to? Uh, a funny thing about it is that, you know, when we came here, I, like I said, I, I just finished high school and all that. And it, it's a it's a kind of a, I would say, culture shock and all that, you know, because, you know, you did do your high school four years in the Philippines, and then now they, they kind of want you to go back to school. It's like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, so um, a lot of people are pushing me to go back to high school and do that, you know, do that couple of years and, you know, get to know friends and all that. But I said, I, I'm a hard-headed, so I said, uh, I'm going to skip that. <laughs> okay. uh, and for whatever reason, my dad really want to push me to go back to school. And I understand that. So he actually... Uh, Send me to a um, aviation school, tech school. So okay. that's my first taste of school in the United States. <laughs> so, what was the biggest culture shock? Because you're going, you grew up in the Philippines in San Pedro, and then you come to uh, Northern California. What was the biggest uh, culture shock? I would say um, just the fact that if you compare the light, the, the, the you know, the, the life that you go out in the Philippines and you see everything. You can go out at any time of the day or after school and, you know, there's a lot of things happening. Here, it feels like a lot of people are, are out and about doing their own stuff as far as work goes and all that. So you can't really go out, like, I want to go out right now, but there's not nobody, like nobody out there, you know, you really have yeah. to get somebody to get, be with you to, you know, to have a company. But that, that's, that's kind of where, where, where I, I was at that time. Okay. So you want to, let's go back to, to your, your schooling. So you went to aviation school. And then, so what did you do after that? Um, that, that was a short-lived aviation school. Um, I did that for about five months and, and a dropout because I, I just wasn't something that, you know, I decided to do. It's my dad really pushing me to do that. So I, I dropped that out. Um, I went to work a um, couple years. And then um, after I um, get my self straightened out, I, I went to a um, pharmacy, pharmacy tech school uh, in San Leandro. Um, and then from there, um, I become pharmacy tech, work, as, work in Kaiser. Um, and the next chapter of my life started after I joined the military from the, that point on. Oh, great. So what, what branch of the military did you join? Uh, I was in the army. And how long were you in, in the army? Or are you still, are you still in the army? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out or, now. Um, okay. I served a total of uh, eight years um, back in 2007, 2006, sorry. I came to six and uh, did my time in 2015. I completely out of the military. Okay, and then where did you serve? Like, where, where were you stationed? Um, there's only a few places I've been to. <laughs> um, I was in Fort Jackson as my training, uh, basic training. And then I was sent out into uh, uh, Fort Sam right here in San Antonio. Um, and then from there on, I basically just 
stayed until I met, um, I uh, ended my contract. Uh, they sent me out different places uh, from time to time, but uh, it was really sad, uh, San Antonio was my uh, duty station. Okay. Well, first, I, I do want to thank you for your service, uh, Paul. For support. And, and then what made you decide to join the military? That's curious. Oh, yeah, funny thing. It's uh, going back to um, back when I first came here, um, I was 15. I had this uncle that always asked me to go military. Uh, he's a very military oriented person. Uh, he basically pushed everybody in our family to go military as soon as they hit 18. So at that time, when I came in, I was only 15, so he can't really push me. But as soon as I started 18, he, he really does sit down with me and say, hey, you really go, need to go do something. And you know what? Military is the way to go. That's like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's just my personality to be pushed onto something. It's kind of like I kind of back out. Um, so I waited a couple of years after I turned 18 and actually joined the military. Um, the reason why I joined is because um, I was in California. I was working pretty decent uh, wage as a pharmacy tech in Kaiser, uh, but I still didn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, it, there's, there's good money in pharmacy and being a pharmacy tech. Um, but there's still something missing that I, I'm, I'm really wanted to uh, uh, do. So um, uh, one day I just called, uh, actually I called Air Force first and they didn't call me back until like a week later. And then I called Army and like the next day they called me. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's try it in. And for some reason, once they got me in taking the ASVAD task and basically uh, got me hooked up, uh, I, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I was grabbed into the army side. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you were there for eight years? You were? Yes. Right. And then, so what did you do after your military career? So, um, so in military, I was a pharmacy technician as well. Um, when I got out, I served as a civilian, as a uh, civil service for about a couple of years, three years. Um, then um, I did join a contract work, again, for a pharmacy um, contracted by the DOD. So I'm still on that realm of um, uh, DOD, per se. Um, still on the pharmacy world, still, still on the, uh, not army, but still on the DOD side. So I did that for about six years. Um, uh, and then the next chapter of my life started, which is right now. <laughs> okay. So that lead, led to your opening up a food truck. Yes. Okay. So can you tell me why you opened the food truck? Like what led you to that decision? So um, in 2021, uh, early 2021, January, I was uh, let go in my, my work. Um, uh, I was doing pharmacy IT. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it was contracted by the DOD. But um, the company uh, either affected by by the uh, COVID or um, this downsizing due to contract, whatever the case may be. But um, I was let go at that time, and I was like, I need to do something. So for the first three months, I was um, you know pumping my resume out there, mm. um, trying to get interviews and all that, which I'm, I was getting. But um, the callback is very 
low, I would say, or, uh, you know, offers are not there where I wanted to be. So um, I waited another month, a couple more months, and I was like, you know what, we got to do something. Um, looking back, though, um, me and my wife, we've been talking about trying to get a business, trying to get business running, something that we can own ourselves. But um, we just couldn't find a time or, or like the push to mm-hmm. do it. Because again, if we, if we open a business, we have to sacrifice what were uh, our work. So basically, we weren't ready for that. But then, like I said, in 2021, I was like, yo, and this is kind of like the, uh, the trigger uh, for us to actually push ourselves to do what we really wanted to do, which is open the business. Now, as why restaurant, um, again, going back, we, we try to venture in different places. Um, we, we look at uh, opening a photography studio. I'm, I'm, I'm enthusiastic photography. Um, we look into uh, doing a uh, what you call it, janitorial services. Um, okay. uh, so little things in there. And for some reason, we, we had this thought in mind, it's like, why don't we do a, you know, a food truck? Because my wife already knows how to cook. She, 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 she loves to cook. She loves to cook with family and, and friends. But um, we never really look at that as doing business at that point. We were just, you know, that's a good thing to have that you know how you know how to cook and everybody loves your food. So we try and do a study on that, venture on that, and look at why don't we open a food truck? And for some reason, this feels like the most viable option for us because again, we already have she already have the skills to do so, um, and she loves doing that. So. Um, from that point on, we just pushed through it and starting that started the actual research on how do you do a food truck here in town, starting in San Antonio and growing out. So okay, yeah. So when when you when you decided to open your food truck, did you then drop your business plan? You know, as far as acquiring the food truck, getting it all ready for opening, and then operating the food truck. Did you have a a, a set plan? Um, there's a huge, um, there's a, there's about, there's a lot of planning on our end when we start started the food truck business. Um, when we decided that we wanted to do it, I I pull a lot of research on small business, small business SBAs, and how to do business plans and all that, and um, trying to figure out what is appropriate for us. Um, but bottom line is that. We wanted to make this, make sure that this is a business from the very beginning versus mm-hmm. it's just a hobby or a side, you know, side thing that we want to do. So we really put a lot of effort on, like I said, business planning, um, making sure that we have uh, um, cash flow that we can use because again, I'm out of job and that's the sole, sole, uh, our sole income. So we have to make sure when, this, when we go through this, we will be, you know, we have some set plan to hold on to. Otherwise, no, we're gonna be, you know, underwater quick. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, so that's really good to hear because there are a lot of people who go into the restaurant business. They, I mean, it's a, it's a passion for them, and a lot of them are really good good chefs, but they don't spend enough time on the business side. They don't, they, you know, they they pursue. Hey, this is what they want. And they want to monetize their hobby, but they don't know what to do. 
right? They don't operate as a business. And when you don't pay attention to the bottom line, uh, you won't have your business very long. And that's why I think, uh, it's just a thought that that's the reason why a lot of restaurants fail in their first year. Right. So going back to the food truck, did you, uh, so how did you acquire the, the, the truck? Did you go with, uh, did you get a, a brand new truck or did you get uh, 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 something used and renovated? How, how did you go about doing that? So um, part of the research we did was uh, looking around pretty much nationwide where we can find a truck. Um, one, of the, one of the things that we find out is that one, um, if we go outside the state, we have to go out there and pick it up, whether it's brand new or old or uh, or used truck. Um, so we narrow it down here in Texas. Um, yeah. And you know, Texas is big. Every every direction is like eight hours. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we narrow it down to South Texas, right here where San Antonio uh, gen, uh, general areas. Um, so we found out that there actually is a manufacturer here. Right, be right, really where we at in Cibolo, right behind Cibolo is in Marion. So um, before that, we, we saw different food trucks in here, uh, food trucks builder and all that in San Antonio. There's a few of them there, it's like three of them, and there's just one in New Braunfels, and then there's one in Mar Marion. So we actually went with all of them. Um, the one in Marion is the one that we decided to go because it's because of the uh, what we call uh, it's just so close from us. And, so, okay. and it's convenient that something go, goes wrong with our trailer, we can just drive there and it's five minutes out there and they can they can have a look at it versus we're going to drive eight hours to get it looked at or going to send them an invoice for a repair that we did. And for us, for us, it feels like it's going to be it's going to be cumbersome to do that. Mm -hmm. So we decided to be very local on where we're going to get our trailer. Um, and that said, the trailer was brand new. Um, we went uh, with our, we didn't finance it. We went with our own um, uh, capital investment on this. Um, so when we got the truck, it, it's very, you know, I mean, we, we, we were very excited because again, okay, sure. it's something that we wanted to get, wanted to see, but you know, when, when they're building truck, they don't really show it to you. They just uh, tell you that, oh, we're in phase two, whatever the case may be, maybe putting in the hood, putting in equipment, or phase three when they're starting to uh, do the finishing touch and all that. Um, because I guess, because the, uh, they, they send you pictures, but then pictures that always, you know, descriptive. Of what it doesn't tell the whole story. Right. So. And then, so let me ask this, when, how long did it take from when you placed the order to when you actually did actually arrived at your door? That, that, that part is actually, we kind of have a heartache on that. We were promised actually that when we ordered the trailer, it would be 14 weeks, uh, but we end up actually waiting for six months. So. Holy cow. And, and, and I was like comparing, it's like, it's like building a house here in San Antonio. It's like about six to, six to nine months. I was like, wow, that takes a long time. Um, so there's a lot of, um, uh, there was a delay, De definitely a three month delay of when we could have opened. We could have opened actually back in November or December, uh, uh, December, 2021. And uh, started when did you actually open? We actually opened on March 
this year. Okay. March of this year. And then what do you think, uh, what did they tell you happened? Is it because of supply chain or uh, what was the cause for the delay? Did they tell you? The supply chain. They said um, the trailer, uh, the trailer was not uh, in place. Uh, they say that actually the trailer is coming from a different state, it's coming from Georgia. Uh, and they're the one that uh, put all the, um, what you call it, the walls, the roof and all that. But the actual case chassis of the, the trailer is coming from Georgia. And apparently in Georgia, they have a shortage of trailers. So that that's basically what it comes down to. Uh, couldn't really find it because, you know, again, if they don't have it, then, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's not, there's not much you can do. You already put in the order. There's nothing much they can they can do because it was a supply chain issues. Right. Uh, so, so you had to, to you open three months later than you planned. Mm -hmm. So, what did you do uh, while you were waiting? Um, so, at that point, we actually were were we're in the verge of like, oh, we gotta do something. We gotta do something because again, the, our plan was you know, to open three months early and then we are three months out. So our, our finances are based on original plan. Um, so what we did, well, like I said, not, there's nothing much we can do, but on the meantime, what we did was um, we took a look at our menu and review it more. Um, it actually gives us time to learn a lot more things on opening the food truck. Um, which I think it's also a you know, blessing in disguise because if if I was thinking if we would have opened on this uh, in December, I think there's a lot of things that we have missed on you know learning from different groups in Facebook. There's actually a group in Facebook for food trucks that are very very useful, and I'm thinking if we would have opened on December, there are things that we have we could have missed. For example, like uh, uh, events. How do we you know how do you do events? At December, we were ready to open, but we, we had no idea what events does. You know, we don't we don't have an idea how do we approach people to get into an event. We know we have the food truck, and we can call them and say, "Hey, we have food truck," but we don't have anything in back of our head what this entails. You know, so okay. more learning prior to that opening was actually helpful for was helpful for us. Okay, and then these events are like. Uh, like festivals and and uh, pop up markets. Okay. Yes. So you have to you have to learn to. Uh, I, I guess there's event promoters that you have to contact, right, to be part of the event. Yes. yes. Okay. And then so let's see. So you opened up. You finally opened up in March of this year. And then um, and then so let's go ahead and talk about the menu. We're going to do a deep dive on the menu. Um, so first, let's go. Let's do this in order. Uh, let's talk about your appetizers. What appetizers do you serve? So let's start with lumpia. That that is kind of like our top dog in our our sides or our appetizer lumpia. Uh, so lumpia is um, traditional Filipino uh, dish. It's basically your Filipinos Filipino style egg roll. Um, we use ground pork for our meat inside that. Uh, we mix that with vegetable like carrots, uh, onions, um, garlic, soy sauce, and all that. Um, 
so that's our our main side as far as appetizer goes. Um, we also have a uh, we also have pancit. So pancit is again another traditional Filipino food. Um, stir fry noodles with vegetables. We put snow peas, carrots, uh, onions. Um, um, what else are we doing there? Um, I think soy sauce too. So, okay, I, so I, I'm, I'm yeah, let me because that's 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 her her part. Okay. And then it's her part, so I'm sorry. Okay, so let me ask you about the lumpia. Yes. Uh, do you just serve the the pork? Do you have other varieties of lumpia? Um, right now it's just ground pork. Oh, it's just um, the ground pork. Okay. We, we look on different meat. Uh, we tested them. We try them. Um, but for what we're doing, or for, as far as our our, our flavor. The pork is the one that most gives us the flavor, so we stick on mm. it. Okay, and then so so the pancit. So let me ask you about the pancit. You're so you serve the pancit as an appetizer, which is interesting. Um, do you use um, what do you use for the broth for the pancit? I believe we use uh, chicken broth. Chicken broth. Okay. Broth on that. Um, yeah. And then do you, do you add more protein to that? Do you add chicken or do you add any shrimp? So what is, do you add any, any more protein to the pancit? So um, the trick part of that is that um, we also do serve a pork belly. Um, our pancit can be ordered uh, either pancit only or with meat on top, which what we put is the, the liempo, which is pork belly, real okay. pork belly. So. That's, that's our protein when we go to when we, when it comes to pancit. Okay, so the grill, so it's liempo, which is the pork belly. So you grill it. Do you slice it thinly or like? Yeah, we we, we, grill it, we slice it. Um, uh, not, not so thin. I would say about half an inch to an inch, uh, just okay. to have just be easy easy to bite versus uh, a whole a whole chunk of a belly a pork belly. Right. And then is that. Is that with the skin or is just is without the skin, right? The, Initially, the, we did with the skin, uh, but we we went away with that only because uh, it, it gets chewy when it's grilled, and, uh, and we we noticed that people are you know it, it's easier to eat when it's the rinds are out. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, you want the skin when it's fried, but not when it's grilled, right? right? And then, so do you? Do you have to prepare the the the, the pork belly uh, special, or do you, do you have to marinate it before you grill it, or do you just grill it and then add the rub? Like how how do you how do you do that? How we, do you prepare your pork belly? Our, we do marinate our our liempo, our pork belly uh, ahead of time, uh, just to make sure that we get all the flavor in before we put that on the on the grill. Okay. Um, without without divulging any secrets. Like how how long do you marinate it? Uh, it depends. Uh, sometimes overnight. Uh, if we are if we are out of time, uh, we could do it right right from the get go. Right. At least maybe okay. an hour or so. An hour. Okay. And then so are those the so is that all of your appetizers? Do you have other appetizers? Uh, we have other appetizers as far as um, we do have a. Uh, shrimp tempura. Okay. It's a. Um, it's basically a, 
a breaded shrimp uh, stretched out and deep fried on it. Okay, do you do, do you tempura vegetables or just the shrimp? Uh, just the shrimp for now. We're, we're looking into, uh, actually, um, when we first started, a customer asked if, they, if we do vegetable like uh, zucchini or uh, I think carrots. Uh, we look into that, uh, but we haven't gotten into doing that yet. Okay. So is that all the appetizers? Yeah. Okay. And then let's go through your entrees. So what do you serve as entrees? So we have two combos. Um, uh, combo one is our Liempo plate. So basically that is a um, combination of, well, we have a Liempo plate in there, and then we have steamed rice, pancit, and two lumpias. So as we mentioned earlier, we have the grilled pork belly marinated and grilled and then sliced on and, and serves that. And we, we put that, uh, what you call that? Mayploy as uh, sweet chili sauce as our... That's your dipping sauce? Yes, dipping sauce. Okay. And then what other, what's your other uh, combo? Now, the combo number two uh, is the adobo plate. Uh, so it's a chicken adobo um, with rice, pancit, and then two, uh, two lumpias. Okay. So you only do chicken adobo, right? You don't do pork? For now, yes, just for just chicken. Chicken wings. Okay. Oh, it's chicken wings. Yes. Okay, that's, that's different. Typically, it's either uh, um, uh, drumsticks or thighs or, or breasts. So what made you decide to do chicken wings? For us, it's actually the portion of it um, because we can buy the chicken party wings and it's already separated and all that. And it's easy for us on a business perspective. We can actually count the chicken wings and how many we will serve uh, prior to actually you know, serving it. So on, the, on, on starting of the day, we, we know exactly how much plate we can uh, serve if we okay. know the exact amount of chicken wings we have. Okay, so let me ask this on your, do you do all your prep uh, before, like do you make the, the, uh, the adobo ahead of time, the chicken adobo ahead of time, or do you, you, you don't make it to order, right? Um, actually, we, for the adobo part, we, we do that uh, on the truck. Um, okay. The only thing we prep uh, up front ahead of time is the liambo and the lumpia. Okay, and then the, the uh, I, I, w I want to ask about when do you grill the lampio? Do you grill it on site or do you, um, um, do you have a grill uh, uh, in, we, we, in the truck or do you grill it outside? We, we, grill, we grill it in the truck. We, we, have a, okay. we have a grill inside the trailer. Uh, and it's actually one of our, uh, not dilemma per se, but uh, we do get a lot of smoke uh, when we when we grill that, but we do everything in the truck. Okay. Have you thought, have you thought about doing it outside? I've seen some people do it outside. Yes. Well, we thought about actually do, uh, uh, going get a portable uh, charcoal, uh, charcoal barbecue. Um, it's just one, one of the things we actually seen is that some places won't allow you to have a portable one. Uh, oh, okay. Especially now at this time, because of the, the heat, the dry heat. And yeah, gotcha. It goes out. 
fire start. So, so we, we, we thought of that, uh, but we haven't tried it yet. So with the grill going and the fire going, it must get crazy hot in there with, I mean, we're at 100 degrees uh, right now, over 100. How hot does it get in your truck? Yes, you can easily say that whatever the temperature right now outside, you just add about 10 more, 10 more degrees oh, inside the trailer. Man. At one point, we were actually, I think we were at 110 inside and we're just about 99 or 98 outside. And, and, and that is, yeah, that's, the, that's our typical, typical 5 p.m. Actually, we, we start cooking about 4 p.m. So that's our typical temperature inside a truck. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's unbearable. Okay, so we talked about your combos. Do you serve any desserts? Uh, we do serve desserts once in a while. It's not it's not something that we do every day. We actually put this on a special menu. Uh, whenever we have it, we'll just put it on social media. So um, we do uh, ubi cheesecake. Uh, my what my my wife really loves doing that. Um, so when we first started, we actually put that on as a special. Um, so once in a while, we will make some. And then um, we'll put that on our menu. We also do uh, occasional caramel bars, um, basically a caramel cake. Um, we again, she bakes that and she put on she she cut it off in sizes and all that, and she put some walnut and uh, caramels in it. Um, again, it's it's very occasional. Uh, people are actually asking so, for it, but sometimes we don't have it. Most of the time, we don't have it. Okay, so what 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 is preventing you from putting it on the menu full time? It's the prep preparation of it, um, mainly the preparation of it, it. It requires us to to bake it, and um, that means we we had to spend more time in the kitchen to to do that uh, versus we can just go out and uh, you know start our trailer. Okay, so. If there would it be what if you priced it in a way that it would be worth it? Like the time that you would spend would be more than enough to or the what you would what you would get as a profit margin is enough, more than enough to cover the time, like to make it worth uh, make make it worth doing. Cause I really I actually I have tried your Ubi cheesecake and I think it's phenomenal. I really like it. <laughs> so I, it, it disheartens me to think, thinking that I, I can't have it like on a regular basis. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it really depends. Um, we, we price it, we price it, um, uh, I, I think we, we price our Ubi cheesecake very, very competitively with, uh, with the current market right now. Um, um, and also I think there's a, there's a, there's a lack of, on our part, to actually market um, well enough, because um, there are times that we have it and then you know nobody nobody comes out, and there will be days that we don't have it and people will ask for it. But I think I think our our issue was on our end to actually market it whenever we have a special going on. Um, but as far as the price point, I think it's very competitively priced as far as the other other food truck that serves desserts out there. Okay, so I'm gonna get back to your ube, ube uh, cheesecake in, in a little bit, maybe. Um, 
So you you have the you said you had carrot cake, uh, cake oh, carrot cake or caramel bars. Caramel bars, okay. And then what does that involve? I don't I, I don't think I had that. Oh. So what's in the caramel bar? I'll make sure to uh, I'll make sure to 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 lunch you when we had that on drug. But uh, okay. so basically, caramel bar is a uh, sweet. Kind of salt. There's there's a little salt in that in there. It's uh it's it's a moist, well, moist cake. Uh, it's a batter, really. <laughs> I I couldn't explain it because again, okay. um, it, it, it's um how do you, how do you how do you explain that? It's um I don't know if you if you've been to Red Ribbon. Uh, it's a Filipino. Filipino. Uh, yes, it's been a while though. Yeah. So they do have a caramel bar. So it's kind of like a copy okay. caramel. Uh, but okay. I, would, I would to lean on being ours were better. <laughs> so oh, okay. So so here's what we'll do. How about if you uh, we'll get pictures of that uh, and then we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. How's that? Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Are there any other desserts that you would you would serve? For now, that's that's the only one we have uh, served in the past. Um, we are actually looking into this again. This is um, forward thinking. Uh, maybe we, we can do some uh, halo halo again, a traditional. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me let me step back. Actually, we also have what we call a mango float. Um, mango float is basically a again a traditional Filipino dessert. Um, it's it has the mango itself. Uh, whipped cream, graham uh, crackers um, layered together. Um, again, we serve that on, uh, on, a, on a special menu uh, once in a while. But then again, our, our limit is based on, you know, marketing it out and making sure it's actually getting all that. Because those actually is, once we serve those, those needs to be refrigerated. So anything that doesn't get sold is just basically, you know, complete goes to waste. Yeah. So is that something that you're going to have to wait until the end of summer, or like when it cools down a little bit more? Um, the, the fact that actually what we use as far as the mango goes is the, actually the mango that you see in the Asian stores versus the mango that you see in Walmart or H-E-B. Okay. Um, and those are very seasonal. So we're, we're kind of in the, in the battle whether or not we should do this now because this is very seasonal fruit versus, yeah. well, the thing is, you know, we need to market it real well and hopefully people will see it. So um, once in a while we would take it out and we really want to do it during summer. Uh, it's a chilled, it's a chilled uh, dessert. So okay. hopefully it's more, yeah, it, it really is more partnered with the summertime versus. Yeah. You know, okay, so you probably just need to market it uh, and then just let people know that hey, this is going to be available for a limited time only, and then have a call to action to your customers so that they can come in and, and uh, get the uh, mango float. Yes. Right. Okay. So, um, what do you think is your signature? Let's after if we're done with the desserts. Let me ask: What do you think your signature dish is? What are you most known for? I would say we are most known for our our yempo, our pork okay. belly, our grilled pork belly. Um, we really put a lot of effort on that. 
as far as marinating it, actually cooking it the way we cook it or the, the way we grill it. But um, again, we're, we put a lot of pride on that. Um, so I would say that's our most, uh, that's our signature uh, dish, having the combo number one with the pork belly or the pancit with the pork belly on top. Okay. And then is also is that also the most popular? Yes. Okay. So I think when, when I came to see you, you didn't have that. So I have to come back. So you have to I have to call you and make sure that you reserve a lampo for me because that sounds awesome. Okay. So on your menu, how do you decide? Let me let me ask. How do you decide what goes in your menu, and how do you, and then what you leave out of your menu? How does that decision tree work? So, um, me and my wife we sit down on things like this. Uh, there's a lot of things in our head that we want to put on the menu, um, but the, but one thing that we don't want to do is, since we are food truck, we're mobile. We try to serve as many people as possible, um, as fast as possible. Uh, when you have like so many things in the menu, um, people tend to be confused. So our goal is to only put a menu, uh, item, menu item on our list that is most uh, viable for, you know, for people looking at it as well as us making it for them. Um, so like I said, we will sit down and actually debate on this. And, Mind me, I'm debating with my wife what we're gonna be on the menu, and she's the one actually doing it. Um, but the goal is um, to make sure it's simply as possible, simple as possible, as far as what can you get from Manila Manila Shack. You got one combo one, combo two, and three or five, three to four or five different sides. Uh, so we try to keep it as simple as possible um, for both our customers and ourselves. Yep, that makes sense. Because you don't want to put too much on the menu where people get confused, and but you also don't want to carry too much inventory, right? That you'll be stuck with. Absolutely. Um, so let's go to the. I mean, you were talking. I think you started to talk about this: the challenges of owning a food truck. So, uh, what what are the different challenges of owning a food truck that people may not know? Yeah. First thing that we know, we found out owning a food truck, the challenge there is that um, every time you drive around with a food truck, is there's actually a risk. Again, you're in a, you're on the road, you, you're, you're towing a food truck behind your truck and anything could happen, right? So that's a risk or a challenge that we always take every time we go out to the road. Now, when we open the trailer, a lot of things are moving around when you tow a trailer. When you when you move a kitchen, a lot of things are moving around. We try to tie it down as much as we could, making sure that nothing moves around. But there's no guarantee that things will stay every time. So there are times that we actually found ourselves that, oh, something's not working. As soon as we open the truck, something's not working. Oh, we are, for example, one day we are opening and our vent didn't work. Mind you, this is 98, oh. 95 to 98 degree Fahrenheit outside. This is around uh, April. Um, our vent stopped working, our vent hood. It's a required equipment for us since we have a cooking, 
appliance inside the truck. We have fryer and grill and a boiler. Yep. So those are all the smoke coming out of the grill that needs to go somewhere. So you can't not have a vent hood. No, no. And trust me, when when that thing went down, not even a 10 second, our truck trailer was filled with smoke inside. So we had to step out, actually call a emergency uh, technician to check it out. Oh, okay. So, uh, fortunately, it wasn't, we didn't have to, you know, uh, Cancel the whole the whole event or the whole time that we were there. Okay, we were, we were just delayed, but basically about an hour. So that's that's a challenge. There are things that may happen when you. There are things that may happen that you don't know that you have no control over. Um, again, whenever you're moving, there's always risk for it. Um, another challenge is that, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, when something goes wrong, and and this is the reason why we bought it locally. Um, if something goes wrong, you have to call somebody. Fortunately for us, we bought this locally. So we call this shop and they will send somebody right away. Um, or worst case is that the next business day will go over there and have it checked. Um, challenges for those that didn't buy locally is that they either have to um, procure their own uh, technician to have it fixed, or they have to drive across town to get it fixed from the original manufacturer, from the original shop. So at least that was, we were fortunate enough to be close by from where we got it. Okay. And then, um, so is, is it, is there a, like a warranty? Is it like a time, like a, uh, how long, uh, if you have a warranty, how long is that warranty? For, for, so for the warranty that we got, we got one year warranty on the truck itself, the trailer itself. Okay. Uh, one year warranty. Now, when it comes to equipment, it's warranted by individual manufacturer. Right. And something that I want to share out there because m many folks may not know this. If you buy equipment for a restaurant, it would actually be, I think, the typical is one year on a brick and mortar. But when you, once you actually put it on a mobile vehicle, like a food truck or a food trailer, your warranty actually shrink down to only about 30 days. And this what? is on all of the on all the warranty uh, warranty uh, paper that we, we receive from the manufacturer. Um, yes, your manufacturer warranty actually shrink down if you put this in a mobile truck. Because they say because of the risk that's involved. But they don't know if there's if the equipment is moving around or not properly installed. So when I called, when I spoke to somebody on the, uh, the manufacturer side, that's what they told me. Uh, basically, we we're chatting about it and we said, "Why well, is only thirty days when, you know, when you put it on a restaurant, it's actually one year?" And they said, "The risk of things moving around when you're actually towing, so or driving the truck." Man. I did not know that. I want to. I want to put it out there because a lot of people. I didn't know that. So my assumption is that maybe some other people doesn't know that. So. Well, that's good to know. Yep. <laughs> um, Do you, are there any other challenges? I know that um, uh, being mobile means you're also trying to. Uh, 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 to market to places that you may not, ha not have ever been. So that's that's yeah. another challenge, right? So you're really taking a chance each time you go someplace new. Right. 
So let, let me talk about that because um, that's a two-sided two-sided sword, a two-sided coin, <clears throat> excuse me. So being mobile, the first, the advantage there is you can go to your customers. You can, you can find them, you can see them. The other side of that is that you'll be going to uncharted territory that nobody knows who you are. So it really depends on who, how you market yourself. It really depends on how you market yourself and how the event coordinator market you. You know, uh, it's a, it's a two-way communication with the coordinators because there, I've, I've heard horror stories that people go, food truck goes to a community and nobody knows about him because the coordinator didn't market them or they, the event wasn't really well, you know, posted on their community, on their social page community. Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge there is that we as a mobile, we can see our, we can go to our customers because we're mobile, but at the same time, we go to uncharted territory that nobody knows us and really depends on how we market, how we are marketing um, out there. Um, so I, I have a side question to ask. If you, let's say you're, you, you publicize that you're going to a new place, do you, how many of your customers would follow you to that new place? Like if you tell people, yeah, instead of being at Ernie's patio bar, I'm going to be at, you know, the, I'm, I'm going to talk about our neighborhood, the Wortham Oaks, you know, neighborhood uh, on this date. How many do you think of your current customers would follow you to that just to, to get your food? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a hard question, Gene. Yeah. Um, again, we, I ask hard questions. <laughs> I, I like that. I appreciate that. It makes me think. <laughs> Um, but then again, again, the way I would approach this is because we are so new. Um, I know if we were to, if we were to park in outside Ernie's patio and we would park right somewhere here in Cibolo, um, I know that folks that we're getting here in Cibolo will come over. But okay. if I were to go to New Braunfels, um, or even in San Antonio, um, I would say maybe maybe less than 25%, maybe less than 25% of my regular customer may follow me. And there's no guarantee on that. Okay. One, um, because of the, the proximity of it. Second, if I'm going to do an HOA, let's say for example, a, a community, um, if I was a customer from, for example, one community and I'm not aware that you're gonna be over there, or I'm aware that you're gonna be over there, but that's not my community. I may not go actually go there and drive. Uh, I'm probably just gonna wait until you come back to my community and you know serve. Okay, serve. Gotcha. Yeah. So I would say maybe about less than twenty-five percent, really. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so let me ask this: No, about the food truck. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently while you were planning to get the food truck? What would you have done? I would say um, I would say I would set my expectation a little uh, a little bit more flexible because when we when we started buying the, the truck again we were promised certain date of amount of you know time to, to finish it but we started planning around that day and I, I think which which what we should have done is that 
actually got into be more solid state of where we at before we actually plan our our um, our next steps ahead of time. Uh, that way we don't we don't have that you know uh, heartache saying that oh man or regrets that oh I should have done this should have done that um, rather than that I should have planned on an actual day. Okay. Yep. Why me? So yeah. Um, that makes sense. Another thing that I could say that we could change is that um, although our menu is good now, um, we're pretty good about how, how we feel about the menu. Um, when we first started, uh, we actually have a lot more things in our menu. So if I would start right from, from where we are now, I would say our menu would be very simple. Um, when we first started, we have a lot more things in there. And we even have a lot more things in our head to put in, but um, we're definitely gonna keep it really simple as much as possible. Okay. Sure. Okay, so what are the other challenges um, that you've gone through in, in the, uh, since, since March? Uh, um, with COVID, with labor shortage, like what other challenges? As, as far as COVID, um, we're, we're kind of on the, end stage of the, you know, the middle of pandemic happened between 2020 and 2021. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're kind of on the end stage of it when we started, we started opening our windows. Um, we didn't really feel a lot of a uh, uh, challenge on the COVID side, um, but one of the most uh, significant challenges we're facing now at this point is that the inflation. Um, pricing going, prices going up, and everything is affected. We we used to buy, for example, uh, ground pork for I think it's about one twenty something for maybe one twenty five to one thirty um, for a fifteen or a, not a fifteen, uh, yeah, fifteen twenty pound ground pork, and now you go to Restaurant Depot, it costs you about one forty, you know, so. It, few dollars here and there actually does make a difference when yep, that adds up you know it adds up real quick uh so inflation really does affect us now the way we the way we uh we price our our menu is based on that so if inflation comes up oh sorry let me step back the the, the way we price our menu is based on that and we put a little bit of buffer in there because again inflation comes up every time, every day, things can change on a daily basis. We don't want to be changing our menu prices every day because that will confuse everybody, you know? And our menu on our, our, our online ordering would change every day. We don't want that. So we put a little buffer in there, make sure that we anticipate a little bit of inflation here and there without hurting our customers saying that, why are you pricing is too much, you know? And that hurting ourselves where we're actually taking a loss when the inflation goes up. So. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And you can't, I mean, you're, you're in business. You can't take a loss. Yes, right? You can't absorb that loss. Otherwise, you won't be in business. Absolutely. Cool. Um, and then did uh, any kind of supply chain, I know supply chain issues hit you when the food truck was was being built, but then did it, did it hit you afterwards? Did you like run out of certain ingredients? Like, how did, does that affect you at all? This, like the supply chain hurdles that other people are going through? Yes, yeah, supply chain. 
Um, we have some products that we actually get from, um, from Houston. So once in a while we would drive there. Um, you know, Houston is about 300 miles, well, 200 something miles. Um, so about two, three, hour, two, three, no, two, three hour drive, so six hour back and forth. Um, there are products there that we have to get from there. There's a, actually there's a Asian wholesale store over there in, in Houston um that we we go to um but there the thing about it is that it's hit and miss because sometimes we would drive there and we actually find out that the product that we're looking for is not available or is, uh. or has to be sold out um it, it's unfortunate because that's the way we do it because it's not available here or there's a shortage uh. here here in San Antonio, or it's not available here because there's no Asian whole store in here. So, but unfortunately there are times that we would go there and it's not available. So we basically waste our gas and mileage going there. Um, so what we do, what, what we're doing moving forward is again, that's a lessons learned. So what we're trying to do now is that really procure everything locally. Um, if we could find alternatives to our products in our menu that are you know, we can procure within areas of San Antonio, here San Antonio area, the better. Um, yep. There are actually a few things we already took out the menu that we didn't talk about because again, those are things that we may not procure locally. Okay, so um, let's talk about your future plans. So what do you have planned for the future? I you know you've only been open for like three or four months. But what are your plans for, let's say, the rest of the year and then beyond that? Um, uh, let's start with the, I guess, with the rest of the year. For the rest of the year, we really try to um, bring our, our brand, to, to build a brand awareness, making us known to the people out there. Um, one, one of the things that we, we that one of the reasons why we put up a food truck out there is, again, we want to be known who we are. We want people to know that what Filipino food is. Um, our goal for first, actually first year and couple of years is just to, to start our brand awareness, getting our brands out there, getting our, getting our name. My vision is that when somebody see our logo, they'll see that logo and it's like, oh yeah, Manila Shack, I know that. That's kind of like my vision. Um, kind of like, you know, when you see an Amazon, Amazon brand or an Amazon logo, you know it's Amazon, it doesn't even say Amazon. But you know what it is, the smiling arrow. Uh, that's kind of like where I wanted to be in the first first year, actually the first two years. Um, but we also have vision on expanding into a brick or mortar, brick and mortar. Okay, that um, makes sense, yep. Um, we, we, put our, we put a kind of a goal for ourselves within a couple of years, um, again, to establish our presence and then to establish our customers and our financials. Um, but the vision is no, no less than two years. Uh, at least the goal is no less than two years. So for the first two years, brand awareness, brand awareness, what we're trying to do. Okay, and then how are you trying to do that with the, the two, uh, uh, to make sure everybody's aware of your brand? Are you active? Are you doing it in social media? Are you doing it, yeah, advertising campaigns? Uh, is that something you can talk about? Yes, definitely. Um, we do have, we, we are active in social media, Instagram and Facebook. Um, myself and my wife is cover all different groups in, in Facebook 
and try to join that and you know put our put ourselves out there. Um, we try to call out, do a cold calls or cold chat with different HOA around the area, around New Braunfels, uh, Shirt, Cibolo, and just to get our name out there, just to get our name on the list of food trucks. Because um, I know food trucks are everywhere. Yep. They, uh, the funny thing about it is that food trucks, food trucks are everywhere, but the question is how do you get them to go to you? So my goal is that I try to contact as much, uh, as much people as possible to, get to, to, to tell them that we are available, we are here. Um, we are Manila Shack. Um, we can go to you, just tell us when and where. Um, so those are one thing that we do. We cold calls, cold chat, uh, um, join the groups. We try to post as much as possible in our social media just to keep, up, keep us relevant. Even though the days that we're not working, we try to post something in there to keep us, you know, keep our followers abreast of what, what hap what's happening to us. Uh, this last couple of weeks, well, this last week, actually, we had to cancel everything because we had some issue with the trailer, but we try to, you know, we try to keep our, our um, social media up and about just to make sure that they know that we're still in business for us. Um, and, the, uh, and the hope is that hopefully we get more followers, we have more, more um, words of mouth that we are mini shack. We are food truck, food truck in town. Uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear about your vision. Uh, so now it's time for the lightning round. You're going to be asked up to 20 questions. You have to answer in less than 90 seconds. <laughs> okay. We're going to start. And again, first thing that comes to mind. Okay. okay? So I'm going to start now. Sisig versus Dinuguan. Okay. Uh, kare Kare versus Bulalo. Kare Kare. Leche flan versus bukupai. Flan. Salty or sweet? Salty. Long silog versus span silog. Long silog. What is the one food you would never want to give up? Lumbia. Lumbia. What is uh, your favorite non-Filipino restaurant? Sushi. Okay. Uh, favorite Filipino restaurant that is not yours? Chakdi. What is your favorite type of music? K-pop. What is your favorite holiday? Christmas. What is your least favorite holiday? Labor Day. What celebrity annoys you the most? Justin Bieber. What time do you usually wake up in the morning? 5.30. Who is your hero? My dad. Do you prefer social time or alone time? Alone time. You watch shows one episode at a time or binge whole seasons? Binge the whole season. Last book you read? Oh, I'm sorry. That's Time's up. Answer that question and I have one more for you. Um, so last book I read is... How to pass a PMP ten? Uh, describe one last one. Describe your restaurant in one word. Awesome. <laughs> That's the lightning round. Thank you very much for playing. So I have one last thing. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to let you know, and I think I already told you this, but I am having a, a cooking competition called the Adobo Throwdown. It is going to be on October 23rd, and uh, it's invitation only. So I am inviting you to compete in the Adobo cooking competition. Do you accept? Yes. So let's. Uh, what is the best way to go get a hold of you? Uh, best way is to uh, through social media, media uh, either uh, Instagram or Facebook through our page. 
Um, we also have phone number in there. Um, you can, it's a direct phone number, call or text would work. Um, but I would prefer social media because we, you know, we check that pretty religiously. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so we'll put all those in the show notes along with some pictures of your food. And I think that is it. Thank you so much, Paul, for spending uh, spending time with us with, with the, to, to the podcast. You're welcome. And thank you for having us. Jim. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Turu Turu, the Filipino restaurant podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Salamat po at magkita tayo sa susunod. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.